people of God, you ought to know by now, if you don't speak to mountains, obstacles, hindrances, roadblocks, stumbling blocks in your life, guess what? They'll speak to you. They will speak to you. That's right. Hallelujah. So there's some things that we as people of God, we're just going to have to do when it comes to the kingdom of God. It's not all up to God, but some of that is our responsibility. Just like you tell your children when they don't do their chores and they're complaining about why this isn't done and that isn't done. And you kind of look at them and say, well, that's not my job. That's not my responsibility. That's your responsibility to do what he says in his word. I'm reminded, and we left off on last week, in the book of St. Matthew, chapter 9, just like the woman with the issue of blood. Matthew, chapter 9, and verses 21 and verses 22. And I want you to think, for she said within herself, for she said, 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 she said, she said, she said, we got to say, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Hallelujah. Think about that. Just think about how she got healed. She, she, she pushed through that crowd and, and, and she kept pushing and she kept fighting and she kept moving forward. She didn't back up, but she kept moving forward, fighting, trying to get to Jesus. Hallelujah. For she said again within herself, if I may but touch his garments, I shall be whole, wholeness, soundness, wellness, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking in your life. Jesus has got all of that and more. So she kept fighting people of God, the good fight of faith. She came, watch this, and she took her healing. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just have to learn how to take our stuff. Sometimes, you know, we just can't be nice when it comes to the devil. I know sometimes, you know, when I'm in the house and, you know, I just kind of feel something in my spirit that's not of God, you know, and just, I throw the command out there in the name of Jesus, you know, and just tell it to go. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus was not having a healing meeting when this woman came to him, and she didn't go to Jesus and ask, well, is this okay, Lord Jesus? She just reached out and she just touched his garment and guess what? She received her healing. She took it. She laid hold of it. Hallelujah. And she went on her way. And guess what? Jesus didn't rebuke her at all. He didn't say, well, wait a minute now, young lady. You just come right back here. You didn't even ask me if it was my will. No, she didn't do any of that. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. We read a little earlier here in the book of uh, uh, St. Mark chapter 11. If thou shalt say, 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 say unto this mountain, S-A-Y, say, enunciate, verbalize, talk to something. Well, that tells me that, that there is a language of faith. Faith has a language for all of us as people of God. Some of us are... Um, uh, let me see here. I don't know if it's multilingual or bilingual, but either way, hallelujah. You know what I'm saying. We can speak more than one language. You know that? Comprende? Polyvoo Francais. Uh-huh. I don't know where that came from, right? I guess that's Nigerian or something. I don't know. Anyway, but faith 
faith often expresses itself in a spoken language. Ah, here's one for you. Let me say, simplify, hoorah, woof, woof. But on the other hand, what we say may help us increase our own faith or hinder your faith. It will increase, take it to the next level, or it will hinder, decrease your faith and take it to the lower level. And I believe that's true when we read the Bible because the sayings of so many biblical people testify to the faith that they possess. We read it here, the woman with the issue of blood. Just think about this. Hallelujah. Some of these people that, that, that spoke and said what they wanted from God. There is something called the language of utmost trust. Remember Abraham? And this is what he said. The Lord called Abraham to offer up his son, his only son Isaac, for a burnt offering. And so for him to offer up his beloved son undoubtedly was harder for him to undertake than even die himself. And watch what Abraham said. This is what he said. I and the lad will go and come again. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we just have to say that within ourselves. You know, listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you know what? It's going to be all right. You've got to say it. Take your faith to the next level. There is also the language of perfect submission. And I think if there's anybody in the Bible other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that was the epitome of perfect submission. It was Brother Job. Brother Job. J-O-B, Brother Job. Yes, and you remember here now in Job chapter 13, verse 15, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And you know that Job went through some stuff in his life and all of that. And that language that Job had, it was coupled with perfect submission to the will of God for his, for his life. His faith was bound to win. And guess what? When you perfectly submit to the will of God, your faith is bound to win in the end, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what it feels like. God vindicated Job's faith and restored him to double for his trouble. Glory be to God. If you want double, hallelujah, just continue to trust God. In fact, not only would you get double, but you will, in effect, can get a minimum of a 100-fold return on your giving. I like that kind of investment in your faith, in putting your faith in Almighty God and everything that the Lord did Amen. for you. Hallelujah. Amen. There is the language of firm, firm courage. Remember, there were two men, two young men. One was Joshua and the other was Caleb. We know what they did. And Caleb was noted for his courage, for his strength, for his boldness. And he was so thrilled. He was so captivated and excited by what he saw over there in Canaan land. It was that good land with all of its fruit that he had once wanted to go without any delay and go in and possess it. But even, uh, this is not biblical, but I can just imagine they were out there and they wanted to go and get it. And Joshua said to him, come on back here a minute. Well, what's the matter with, don't you, you know? But they went back and they had, amen, hallelujah. They had that good report. And one thing I love about Caleb, he said, he said, we are well able to overcome it. No matter what you're up against, 
Hallelujah. It may seem like it's impossible, but if you don't say it within yourself, if you don't say it out loud, devil, doesn't matter what you're trying to do to me, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I don't care what it looks like. I am well able to overcome it. Hallelujah. And every mountain in your life will be removed in Jesus' name. And then there is the language of blessed assurance. Hallelujah. David. We know David as a young boy. Yes, in that language of faith that David spoke, David said, I come unto thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 46. I don't see those scriptures running, but I love what he said again. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. And even the scripture tell us that he even called him an uncircumcised Philistine. You know, which was the epitome of denigration back in those days. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. This day, the Lord is going to deliver thee into my hands. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. And then there is the language of absolute devotion. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and verses 18. When we think about those three Hebrew boys, yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad Negro. Yes, sir. And they had a language of faith as well. In the faith of these three young men who, by the way, were being held captive over there in Babylon. They honored God with their faith and they were honored by God because of their faith. And this is what they said in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. They said, if it be so, our God is able. He is able to deliver us. Yes, our God is great and glorious. Hallelujah. But if not, we will yet not serve thy gods. Boy, that's telling the devil something. I don't care. Even if it doesn't come to pass, I'm still, hallelujah, not one of your children. Glory be to God. Fifthly, the language of divine recognition. The language of divine recognition. When we read in the scriptures over here, in Luke chapter 7, verse 7, remember the account of the centurion soldier? The centurion soldier even recognized the divine authority and the power of the Lord, and he believed in the power of his word. Because we recognize, people of God, the divine power of the Lord, Hallelujah. We also have to believe in his word. And the centurion servant said, he said, say in a word and my servant shall be healed. Looking, you got to tell the devil sometime, it ain't nothing but a word. It ain't nothing but a word. That's all it is, just a word. It is the word of God. Yes, hallelujah. You say it and that settles it. Hallelujah, glory be to God. Now turn with me over to the book of St. Luke. Chapter 5, verse 20. St. Luke, chapter 5, verse 20. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, your sons are forgiven already. 
The greatest need, people of God, of this man was to know that his sins had been forgiven him. Yeah, and you know what, you think about it? That was our greatest need as well. We didn't realize it and recognize it at the time. You know, we thought we needed a little more of this, a little more of that, you know, and all of those kinds of things and everything was gonna be all right. Thinking we were, we were thinking about this, those temporal things, those, those natural things that would gratify and satisfy our flesh. Didn't even think about it, but people today can't even walk through life successfully or joyfully because they are haunted by sins they committed in the past. You don't know how many people I encounter, you know, and to talk to them and they say, well, you know, I, I'm just, I'm damaged goods. I'm, my life is ruined. Why? Because somebody did this or they wouldn't let me do that or the man did this and told me I couldn't have. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. That's another word you got to tell the devil sometime. Had to tell him, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, they allow the sins of their past to, to, to lord it over them and become their lord, they're paralyzed spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. And then in their relationships, excuse me, just as this man was physically paralyzed. But yet, Jesus said to this man, your sins are forgiven. And I can remember back after receiving the Lord and, and came, out of a, came out of the revival and came out of church, I just felt, you know, the, I went in feeling pretty good. But when I came out, I felt even better. It was as if, look, I could just float right up to the clouds because it just felt like there was a weight that was on me that I did not even know that was holding me down. Here's something about these, these friends of this, of this paralyzed man. So perhaps the men who lowered their friend down, perhaps they were disappointed in the way things were going for them. For after all, they had brought their friend to Jesus. And they didn't bring him there to Jesus to get forgiven. They brought him to Jesus so that he could be healed. They didn't care whether he was still a sinner. Look, we just tired of hauling this man around. Everywhere we go, we got to park in a handicapped spot. We got to get the van out. We got to take the wheelchair out the van. We got to pick him up and put him in it. And we got to roll him in and take him down front. And then we got to pick him up. And as soon as we get him down, oh, I've got to go to the restroom. And they got to pick him up, bring him back up. And then they have to do all of that. They were upset. We, they didn't care about his, his spiritual condition. They just wanted him to be healed so that this brother would not be a burden on them any longer. Mm. Unbelievable, huh? But yet Jesus knew that the deepest needs of people are not physical and material, but spiritual and eternal. That's one of the things that you can share with people. We know we have heard and we have been taught when you minister to people, first, first naturally so if they're hungry, you feed them, if you, whatever the situation is, put a little something in their hand or whatever, but don't forget to minister to them and share the good news of the gospel with them. Jesus did that as well, hallelujah. But he understood that the greatest need was spiritual and eternal. Therefore, all those these people were up on the roof and they felt like they had been cheated. I suggest the friends were cheated 
but I suggest that this paralyzed man was elated. He was beside himself, and the Bible tells us that. Why? Because he was finally put in a position to possess what Jesus wanted to give him. Faith to receive. Possess your possessions. We, people of God, because we have been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, the devil is under our feet. We too can possess all that Jesus has provided for us. Luke chapter 5, verse 18 through verse 20. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst of Jesus. And when he saw, meaning Jesus saw their faith again, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven. The scripture does not say that he said unto them, Hey, y'all men, all of, as we would say in this vernacular, all, all of y'all, your, your sins are forgiven, but he said it unto him. Well, they didn't say, these friends didn't say, well, it's just too crowded. We tried, brother. We'll have to come back tomorrow night. Well, you know, brother, it must not be the will of God for you to be healed. No, these friends, they weren't lazy, they weren't weak, they came to receive, they came to lay hold, and they came to obtain. Everybody say obtain. 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 Now, you just said a word here, and let's explore that meaning of the word obtain. You know, there's some things that we yet need to obtain. Obtain means to receive. It means to take. It means to have. It means to catch, to lay hold of. It means to even seize in a violent way. It means to accept, acquire, to gain possession of a thing, whether permanent or temporary. I know sometimes, you know, when I'm talking to people, you know, they're just not moving. And I, just give me that thing. In the name of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. So with these three friends, if it took tearing off some roofs, they just said, oh, well, just so be it. You know, it was those people in the Bible that received and experienced miracles. They weren't passive, weak people, people of God. Uh -huh. They weren't do-nothing people. They were people that heard about Jesus and they believed and then they got up and received and sometimes even seized what Jesus had provided for them, even in a violent way. And they took and they possessed what God had promised them. Right. Hallelujah. Anybody ready to possess this stuff? In other words, they obtained it. They fought the good fight of faith. They lay hold on eternal life. We too have to fight the good fight of faith. We too have to lay hold to what God has already provided for us through his son Jesus. Two things as Christians, as people of God, we must find out. Number one, and you already know this, but let me just remind you of that. Number one is we need to find out what God has already given to us. What God has already given to us. And number two, how to possess it. Yeah, those two things are important for us. You know, if you don't read your benefits book when you're at work every day, I mean, at some point, not every day, but you won't be there long if you're reading it every day. But you know, but every now and then, 
you go and read up on your benefits, right? Find out, let me see if I'm missing something here. Let me see now, what did it say about how many days, you know, that I can have off or whatever, comp, not to comp time, but you know what I'm talking about, all that kind of stuff. So understand, know what God has already given to you and then how to possess it. Hallelujah. After all, you know, God, he's the one who decides what's best for us. He decides whether or not we get blessed. He decides whether we're rich or poor, whether we're smart or dumb, whether we're sick or healed, whether we fail or succeed. Well, after all, God is the one. He is omniscient. He is all powerful. He is all knowing. He is all omnipotent in all of those things. God is the one who makes all of the decisions. You know what? But that's not very convenient, people of God. And they think that we are the ones that are supposed to do nothing, that God does it all. Every decision is up to God. Whether we get saved or not, whether we are healed or not, it's all up to God. That means that we absolutely do nothing. That's what some people's mindsets are. And God does everything. They think that none of it is up to you. None of what God wants to do for you is in your hands. But guess what? Untruth. It's a lie. Through our faith, we are supposed to possess what God has given to us. Watch this. Now, God provides, we possess. But we have to first find out what God has already provided for us as people of God. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, faith is a means uh, of knowledge for us as people of God. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I love what it says in John chapter 7, verse 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know the teachings and the doctrines, whether it be of God. Yeah. And a whole lot of folk and the devil will tell you that that is not of God. I don't know why you believe in God for that. I don't know why you're trusting God. That is not of God. If it was of God, you would have it already. And time's up. Devil is a liar. Faith is a means of power. It's a means of power for us. In our prayer life and, in, and when we have needs and when we go before the Lord, the Bible tells us that we may ask in faith nothing wavering. That's the reason why God gave us faith. Hallelujah. Because faith will always supersede reason. You can't reason your way into something. You have to have faith to believe your way into something that the Lord already has for you. Hallelujah. Faith is a means of action. And what do I mean by that? I mean that by that we have to live and trust God. We need to live and have confident trust in God. Why? Because he is our foundation of confidence. 
The Bible tells us that he is the title deed. Our faith is the title deed to our spiritual inheritance. And that's the way we're supposed to act. You know when you got something, you got some money in your pocket, you got something backing you up. You know you act a little different. You talk a little different. You live a little differently. You walk a little differently. You know, just because of your demeanor has now, you know, it's increased. You have a, per, a different persona. You have a different demeanor than if you would just beat down lowly, less than. Hallelujah. Now watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Faith is a means of living. Concerning our daily life, people of God, hallelujah, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Daily we are supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Why? There is no substitute to faith. Mm. That's got to be our principle, our working principle every day of our lives. Walk by faith. The Bible tells us in James chapter 2, verse 20, that faith without works and dead yes. is dead. So all these people of faith that we've talked about, and, and, and they were not idlers. They were not slackers, but they were workers. Yes. And what we believe determines how we act and how we live, people of God. Jesus. Right. Yes. And you can't receive anything from God unless he's given it. But you're not going to try to receive something if you don't know what's been given to you already. I got 15 seconds left. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. So what does that mean for us? That means we need to read our Bible every day. We need to study our Bible so that we can learn about what God has already given to us. The Bible says, don't be unwise by not understanding what the will of the Lord is. Hallelujah. Here's, here's, here's a scripture that we quote all the time. Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I believe it's the Amplified that says, and forget not one of all his benefits. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1 and 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us, hath given unto us, all things, hallelujah, that pertain to life and godliness, watch this, through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. So what is ours, people of God? What has been given to us? All things. Yes, hallelujah. And that's why Paul, the apostle Paul, prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, in which he prayed and he said, the eye of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The apostle Paul 
was praying for them back then, but he was also looking through the corridors of time, looking in the future, and he was praying too that they would know and that we will continue to know all that God has provided for us. Hallelujah. And understand what is the immeasurable and limitless greatness of his power in you. You got the right stuff on the inside of you. You got the right stuff going for you, people of God. If God is for you, then who can be against you? So Paul is not praying that God does something for those people back then and doing something for you now, but he's saying they just got to know what God has already done, what Jesus has already done for them. We just got to know that it's already done. Paul is praying that they will have revelation and understanding of all that Jesus has given to them. How many know that salvation has already been given to us? Everybody say amen. Healing has already been given to us. Prosperity has already been given to us. Wisdom has already been given to us. Righteousness, sanctification, holiness, and redemption have all been given to us already. But a man can receive nothing unless it is given. You can't go and receive it unless you know that it's already been given. Just think about something. Think about something that's in line with the will of God. Guess what? It's already yours. Jesus already bought and paid for it. It's yours. But once you find out what's yours, is that it? Everybody say no. No. This is what else you have to do. Now it's time for you to gird up your loins. Ephesians chapter 4, verses uh, 14, excuse me. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 through 16 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. So what's he saying, Pastor? This is what he's saying. So he's saying, first, fasten round about you the strong belt of truth, the girdle of truth to protect your internal and external organs. In other words, what Apostle Paul was telling and what he was saying was put on your S-P-A-N-X. You know what they are? Some of y'all know what they are in here. Put on your Spanx and then you will be ready to S-P-A-N-K, spank the devil. Gird up them lines. Hallelujah. Don't look at nobody and say that now. But just said you got to gird up them loins. Get them girded up. Hallelujah. And you'll be ready to spank the devil. And in verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And then go get all that belongs to you. I just threw that in there for you. Hallelujah. God has already provided, but we've got to possess it. It's not God that's hindering us in anything, people of God. It is the devil that's trying to keep you from getting your stuff. He'll try to hinder you from getting your stuff. He'll try to stand between you and your healing. He'll try to stand between you and your prosperity, but you've got to fight through all of that with the word of God and make it a good fight. You have to pers- persist yes. and continue to go forward. You have to push through it and possess it just like the woman with the issue of blood with. Yes. Possess all of those, everything that God has provided you. They're already your possessions. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 20 through. Yes, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 20 through to 25. Moreover, thou gavest them kingdoms and nations, and didst divide them into corners. So they possessed the land of Sion, and the land of the king of Heshbon, and the land of Og, king of Bashan. Wow. These people got up, they got armed, and they went and they possessed the land. They took it, and they enjoyed it. But this was the second generation, not the first generation. First generation didn't possess their inheritance. The first generation didn't enjoy Canaan land. Was it God's will for them to wander around for 40 years in the desert? Did God say, oh my, I think I'll just let the second generation go in and possess the land and not the first? Was God working something out in their lives? No, he wasn't. Or could you say they didn't enjoy it because he didn't give it to them? Then why didn't they enjoy that first generation, everything that God had for them? Because they didn't have the faith to possess it. Stand to your feet, people of God. You can enjoy everything that God has provided for you that is in line with his perfect will for your life. You can enjoy it, but you've got to possess it. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword R-W-O-L-F-C to 77977 or through our free app. Search R. Wolf C. in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 